The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, for the first time in over 15 years, Canadian clinical guidelines on obesity are changing. They now recognize obesity as a chronic medical condition, and they are calling for a big change in the way we think about it. In fact, for the first time, Canadian clinical practical guidelines for adult obesity management will include a chapter on weight bias and stigma. Dr. Arya Sharma is a professor in the Department of Medicine at the University of Alberta and founder of Obesity Canada. Doctor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. Now, you have said that uh, obesity is a more complex issue than previously considered. How so? Well, I mean, the, the, the common narrative is that people get obesity just from eating too much and not moving enough, when in fact, you know, we're talking about a very complex condition here where there's a lot, you know, there's a huge role for genetic factors, there's a huge role for psychological factors. Uh, some people gain weight because of the medications they're taking. Some people have other underlying conditions that can cause weight gain. Uh, so it's really a complicated issue. And uh, unfortunately, once you gain the weight for whatever reason, uh, it tends to become a lifelong problem because bodies tend to resist weight loss, which means that... Why is that? Well, that, that's just normal biology. I mean, you know, if anybody tries to lose weight, what happens is the body, you know, is not very happy and it actually tries to resist weight loss. So, you know, <laughs> the first couple of weeks, things go fine. And then you, at some point you hit a plateau. That's really your body fighting back. Uh, and that sets you up for weight regain. So, and the body usually does not rest till you put all the weight back on, which is which is uh, what happens, unfortunately, to most people who try to lose weight. Uh, and so, what we've learned about obesity is that any strategy that's not a long-term strategy is not going to work. Uh, and that's really the definition of a chronic disease. When you stop the treatment, the weight comes back. Yeah, it's interesting because oftentimes you can lose weight and then it comes back and oftentimes a little bit more. It's it's just, a, you know, and it's very frustrating for a lot of people, obviously. Now, we know that traditionally that the uh, body mass index was used to classify uh, obesity. It was used as a measurement. Is it accurate, do you believe, and is it accurate for everybody? Well, it depends on what you're measuring. I mean, a body mass index is a measurement of size. So it tells you how big someone is. But what it does not Mm. tell you is how sick someone is. Uh, So you can have two people who have the exact same body mass index, but, you know, one person has got sleep apnea and high blood pressure and diabetes and fertility issues and whatnot. Uh, And the next person, exact same BMI, feeling pretty healthy, feeling pretty good about themselves, no health issues whatsoever. Uh, And that's the problem with body mass index, that it doesn't really really differentiate between people who have a health condition, which, you know, obesity, or are simply large people. And so what the new guidelines actually does is it changes the definition of obesity and says, you know, let's move away from the BMI numbers on the scale and let's really ask the simple question, you know, is your body fat affecting your health or your quality of life? If it is, well, then you have obesity. If it isn't, uh, well, then you don't. And that's not really dependent on size. That depends on the kind of body fat, where the body fat is located, your genetics, et cetera, et cetera. So what this unfortunately or fortunately means is that you can no longer self-diagnose yourself as having obesity. Uh, In the old days, you could step on a scale and you would look it up on some chart and there'd be a BMI number. And then if you're above that, you would say, whoa, I got obesity. Uh, And if your number was below, you'd say, I'm safe. Uh, that's no longer the case. Now you're probably going to need a visit to your doctor's office, run a whole bunch of tests to see if your body fat is actually impairing your health or not. So, Dr. Sharma, um, if it's 
you say if it's not affecting your health, then it doesn't matter how big you are, you, you don't have obesity, but how can obesity not be affecting your health? Well, it doesn't for some people. You know, let's take an extreme example. Let's take a sumo wrestler. Now, here you've got somebody whose BMI is sort of in the 50s, uh, who's a high-performance athlete. Uh, I mean, that's a very healthy person. I mean, that person is, is probably healthier and fitter than most of, our, most of your listeners right yeah. now. Uh, so to label someone like that with a disease and say he has obesity, he's got to go see his doctor and maybe have bariatric surgery makes no sense. Uh, and so it's really not about size. There are people out there who happen to live in larger bodies who are perfectly healthy. Uh, now, of course, that does not apply to most people in larger bodies because most people in larger bodies actually do have health problems, but you know, occasionally you, you meet someone who doesn't. Uh, on the other hand, you know, we've got a lot of people at the lower end of the BMI spectrum who actually would stand to benefit uh, you know, from some weight loss because they actually do have health problems that are related to their body fat. And so by not focusing so much on body mass index and really focusing on health, uh, that totally changes the discussion on who actually needs to consider having obesity treatment and who doesn't. This really makes us, or really has us um, looking at how we see obesity, how we label it, and we shouldn't label it, but our biases towards it as well. We really need to change our way of thinking, right? Well, absolutely, and, and, and that's why there's this, this chapter in the guidelines on, on weight bias and discrimination because, you know, the weight bias and discrimination, it's, uh, you know, we live in a fatphobic society where we make fun about people who have, you know, weight issues and we look down upon them and often we think, you know, they're not very smart, they're not being, you know, they're not, they're not motivated, they're not smart enough to smarten up. Uh, when in fact, uh, you know, that's not true. Obesity can happen to pretty much anybody. I mean, you could be the most fittest person on the planet and then get into a car accident, get whiplash, you know, end up in a wheelchair, and next thing you know, you've gained 100 pounds. Uh, so, you know, nobody's immune from obesity. Uh, it can happen to anybody at any time. Uh, very, there's very smart people out there, very successful in life who have obesity. Uh, so, you know, we need to stop looking down on people. But there's also this aspect that, you know, very often we've taken the approach of shaming and blaming and thinking, you know, if we can make this really uncomfortable for people with excess weight, then that'll motivate them to lose weight. Now, there's a lot of research showing that the exact opposite happens. When you make people feel bad about themselves, the first thing they do is they go and eat uh, because it's a stress on the system, right? If that's your coping strategy, me telling you to lose weight is not actually going to be very beneficial. And so the guidelines say that doctors need to check their own weight biases and not yeah. judge their patients, but, but try to have constructive conversations that move patients in the right direction. Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting because I hadn't thought of that inside the setting of a doctor's office if someone is coming in there and, and, and how that could impact um, the, the patient treatment and, and maybe, you know, um, getting them on a path uh, somewhere if, if that's what what they want i mean this is also it's not just a it's a physical this is a this is a real mental game as well isn't it dr sharma well it usually is because you know the, the, the uh, eating is a, is a behavior and anything that uh, you know there's a there's a physiology to it because that's the you know the, the the hormonal response you get when you try to lose weight but that's one part of the brain but then there's the other part of the brain that gets stimulated by food uh, and then there's the 
part of the brain that wants you to use food as a coping strategy. So now you've got stress, you want to eat, you're bored, you want to eat, uh, you're upset, you want to eat, you've got a little bit of depression, you want to eat, you're feeling anxious, you want to eat. Those are other parts of the brain that are making you eat. You know, you've experienced trauma in your life, now you want to eat. Uh, so that is going to take a very different type of intervention. That's not going to be me telling you to eat less. Uh, that's about <laughs> as effective as telling someone with depression, you know what, you just need to cheer up. So we're talking about a very complex condition here that actually does take, uh, you know, a lot of effort and some, 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 you know, professional knowledge to really deal with. One of the things I think that can play into this, and certainly if uh, depending on uh, income, uh, depending on where you're living, your access to healthy, fresh food, I'm thinking that has to come into play as well. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of layers to this, isn't there? Oh, oh, absolutely. And it's not just access to food. I mean, you know, if you're if you, like, uh, let's look at the COVID times here. Like, if you're stressed out about whether or not you have a job and whether your kids can go back to school or not and whether you're going to have an income, uh, whether you might get evicted from your house cause you, I mean, you've got a lot of stuff going on. One of the easiest things for you to do is to turn to food. Uh, and this mm-hmm. might not be the best food. Uh, and that's going to cause weight gain. So, you know, recognizing that, 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 you know, it's not as simple as telling people, you know what, you need to eat more fruits and vegetables and walk around the block and yeah. you'll be fine. It's far more complex than that. Yeah. If, if it was just, uh, you know, eat less, eat healthier and, and do some exercise, we'd all be you know the 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 perfect number whatever that is right and, and what is it is there even such a thing anymore dr sharma when it when, when it comes to and and i trust me i mean i've gone through all sorts of you know weight programs i've done weight watchers i've done keto i did bodybuilding i competed and so i went through that craziness of dieting for for a show like that you know i've seen it all is there and you know someone said well you you measure the size of your wrists and by that you can tell you know your bone structure what is the best way to find out where we should be when it comes to our when it comes to our weight, or is you know, there you know, you a know, best that's way? A great, that's a great question because one of the other things that the guideline does is it totally moves away from weight loss as the outcome of obesity treatment. But we think about why are you you know why would we even bother treating someone's obesity? It's because we want to improve their health, we want to improve their well-being, we want to improve their energy levels. And I can tell you this. That if you are someone living with obesity and you start eating better, you start sleeping better, you start feeling better about yourself, uh, you get some exercise, you're going to be a lot healthier in that body without even losing a single pound. And that's really the goal. And I would call that successful obesity management. So you're moving away from just focusing on what's going on on the scale. Am I losing weight? Am I not losing weight? And focus on things that are actually important. Uh, Are you getting healthier? Do you have more energy? Are you feeling better about yourself? Those are the outcomes that we look for when we treat obesity. How is it that some people are able to stick to a plan so well when others can't? Well, you know, people are different. I mean, this is not just obesity or this is not just, I mean, you know, there's some people, uh, you know, they get stuff done and other people don't. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's personality there. There's the circumstances. There's what else is going on in your life. Uh, so, you know, it's complex. People are different. But one thing we shouldn't forget is that we're not, all, we're not all equal when it comes to obesity because one of the main factors that decides on who ends up, you know, having severe obesity or not is really genetic. So within the same family, you can have people, uh, you know, one person gets the genes from the mom's side and ends up having obesity, and the other person gets it from the skinny dad and, uh, you know, never has a problem. Uh, obesity is, a, and they're living in the same environment, they're eating the same food, they're doing the same amount of exercise, and yet they're completely different in terms of body shape and yeah. size. That is highly genetic, and we should never forget that. 
And Dr. Sharma, before I let you go, is there anything about um, these recommendations, these changes to the guidelines on obesity that we haven't touched on that you think that people need to know about that um, that you want to leave, you know, that thought in their head? Well, well, well just as a side note, I mean, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we don't want to look at obesity uh, at BMI as a criteria anymore. So one of the things described in the guidelines is something called the Edmonton Obesity Staging System, uh, which, by the way, is a staging system we came up with here right in Edmonton. So, uh, you know, I think Edmontonians have a you know have a reason to be proud because with these guidelines, we've actually put <laughs> Edmonton on the obesity map here in a good way because it's in a good way, way of defining <laughs> obesity. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what? So what is that staging system? What is that? Well, what is that? Right, because you know, like I said, BMI doesn't tell me doesn't tell me about how healthy you are. It, it tells me how big you are, but it doesn't tell me how sick you are. Now, the Edmonton Obesity Staging System is a five-stage system where you actually look at whether somebody has health issues, mental health issues, functional issues, and based on that, uh, the more issues they have, the higher the stage, uh, and which means that you know you have to get more serious about treatment there. So it's a new way of looking at complications of obesity rather than simply looking at BMI numbers. Are there, and before just before I let you go, are there um, any new um, treatment options? Because we know we we've talked about you know um, you know getting to see you know some some mental health in, in some cases, uh, medications to maintain weight loss, even bariatric surgery in in some cases. Is there anything new on on that front that you're watching that is um, of great interest uh, when it comes to treating obesity? Uh, well, well, absolutely. I mean, the last so, so since the last guidelines, uh, guidelines uh, came out, we've got new prescription drugs approved by Health Canada for treatment of obesity. Uh, so these have become available, which doesn't mean everybody can get them because most of the provincial plans don't cover these medications. And if mm. you don't have a really fancy, uh, you know, drug benefit plan, you probably won't be able to afford them. Uh, so unfortunately, most people can't get them. But we do have these medications now that are actually pretty effective. Don't work for everybody. Not everybody tolerates them. But for the people where they do work they can make all the difference. Uh, and also bariatric surgery has come a long way. I mean, you know, five, 10 years ago, uh, some of those operations that were being done 10 or five or 10 years ago, they don't even exist anymore because there've been mm. so many changes in our understanding of bariatric surgery, uh, which incidentally does work for most people. Again, not for everybody. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not the first thing you want to do, uh, but it has come a long way. It's a fascinating area that you work in, Dr. Sharma, and I want to thank you for your expertise on this one. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Well, thank you for having me. And take care now. So Dr. Arya Sharma, who is the founder of Obesity Canada, is also a doctor, uh, obviously, but a professor uh, in the Department of Medicine at the University of Alberta. Uh, Obesity Canada, you can find out more uh, about that organization on the website. It's obesitycanada.ca.